welcome to the I Am a Feminine Leader podcast, conversations with women who have transformed challenging life experiences into powerful lessons that have inspired community building in all aspects of their lives. I am your host, Michelle Hersayak Nesit, Community Design and Impact Specialist, here to activate the community builder in you with inspiring stories practical tools, and strategies that anyone with passion and vision for community building can use to amplify their impact. Let's get started, shall we? Hey, y'all. I cannot believe that we are already in International Women's Month. What? Where did the time go? Oh, you know what? This journey has been incredible and having you along for the ride has been the greatest blessing. So thank you so much for being here today. And I am thrilled to introduce a very, very special guest, Raquel Wilson, who is a dedicated education professional and transformational leader who is passionate about promoting quality education and creating long-term impact. So as the CEO of Raise the Bar Investments, which is a financial education social enterprise, Raquel empowers minorities to close wealth gaps. And Raise the Bar Investments aims to educate and empower clients to develop better financial habits and overall financial well-being. And she is also making waves in Tulsa with her programming for BIPOC communities and raising awareness about financial literacy in the BIPOC community. So I'm so happy to have Raquel here. And I would love for you to start it off with what community means to you. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm happy to be here and share not only about leadership and community, but most importantly, femininity and divine femininity in my, uh, in my point of view. But I would say that I define community as love. If I could boil it down to one word, it's love. Sometimes we have a scribe community. Sometimes we have achieved community, you know, those that have always loved us, will naturally love us forever and ever and ever. Amen. Right. And then the communities that we've grown and some may say worked for throughout our phases of life, whether that is membership of an organization or even friendships that we've grown through different um, engagements. But I really boil the community down to love and just understanding that not only do we naturally come into this world with love, but also we can create that through our community. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that you use the word love because when I think about money, I feel like for so many people, that is a love language. Is it not? Mm -hmm. Like, do you find that in your business that people attribute money with love or maybe gifting or anything like that with love? And and I'm curious for you to kind of deconstruct that a little bit to share what community for you in your business looks like and how you infuse that love into how you work with clients and in your community? Absolutely. Since my business is focused on minority-friendly personal finance, especially focusing on value-based budgeting, we really empower our readers and clients to ensure that they can create the best life, the most financially well life through values that are exhibited in their budget, and that will help them also create community. So for example, Say we have a client that is has a love language or like a number one or number two love language of receiving gifts, or even they know their partner might have their love language. 
we would encourage not only for self-love, but, you know, if it relates to that partner, to plan aside funds for that within your budget. So I will say that it really just comes down to being aware of yourself, aware of your partner or partners, and what you and they value so you can actually plan ahead. When it comes to money, I always say it's it's not a problem to move money. It's not a problem to change your money flow. You just have to be aware of it and have a strategy. And it starts with understanding your values. Yeah, that is the foundation of so many things is coming home to yourself, coming home to the core of who you are and channeling those values in all aspects of life. And do you ever notice that in your community as well, that you are addressing maybe those disconnects in who I am or the pressure that I feel to achieve or to be because of the way that money influences our culture and our society and and really everything? Oh my goodness, yes. In college, I studied sociology just on a whim, but I've started to understand that we as people have a lot more that is similar than that is different. And when it comes down to it, especially as a first generation entrepreneur and someone that is one of the first women in my family to work in the industries that I do, I had to challenge a lot of stereotypes or expectations actually from the outside world and from my um, achieved communities more than in my ascribed communities and what I actually grew up with. I mentioned earlier divine feminine leadership. And for me, I even had to redefine what this meant for me compared to like the soft, um, soft life. I'm using air quotes right now, like the soft life that is discussed <laughs> on social media or even divine femininity is the, is discussed in different ways. And I really like to break it down by each word in terms of how I was able to understand my own brand of divine femininity and leadership. So I really see that divine portion as Knowing that my femininity is not curated by these stereotypes, it's not curated by uh, what I might read in a book that probably isn't written for me in my identities, right? For me, I find that in my source, my belief system, knowing that that's what divine means for me. And that no matter how bad of a day that it is, that I was created for a purpose and I can exist in my feminine and my masculine as I need to. Then moving to femininity, really understanding that. For me, I take femininity in four words. It's growth. It's creative. It's intuitive. It's flexible. And those are really my guiding forces of femininity. I, I guess there's some alliteration there, but guiding forces of femininity that can help me understand, okay, when I'm reflecting at the end of the day, did I honor my feminine? Did I honor my masculine? Where did I feel more heavy? How do I want to uh, approach it the next day or the next week, depending on what's going on, not only in my life, but in our cycles, right? Um, And then last but not least, leadership. Leadership, I really see it as divine feminine leadership is being able to not only raise our awareness, as I just talked about, and that growth, creativity, intuitivity, and flexibility, but also being able to help people see a new approach that they typically haven't. I think that that's what those four emotions boil down to in actions, helping others see what they can actually do in a business or a company and providing that new approach is growth in itself. It's birth in itself. It's what we as feminine people and I feminine identity identifying people can do. So I will say that I did have to challenge what I thought was femininity or leadership as a woman or even divine femininity. But that's really how I define it now. Yeah, that's so that's such an incredible connection that you're making because I think that most people 
don't realize the somatics of money, right? And how like those energies influence the way that we perceive money, the way that we experience money, the mm-hmm. way that we relate to it. And, and the life forces that you're talking about, the, the feminine, the masculine, or the yin or the yang, or however you mm-hmm. characterize it, is very powerful in how we channel our attention and our intention with our money. Would you not agree? I mean, at least that's my experience, you know, because I'm the type of person, you probably help me quite a bit because when I sit down to pay my bills, automatically my stomach gets into a lurch, you know, and I'm just kind of feeling like, oh, dang, you know, like, okay, Michelle, ground, come into presence. We got to do this. We got to do the things, you know, but sometimes there are certain tasks as it relates to money that create anxiety, that create resistance for people in the body. And so infusing that femininity that you're talking about, that is where people can start to ease into that aspect of their life, which is a very foundational aspect of life. We all have bills to pay. We all have a livelihood. Most of us have jobs or careers and And so there's always money circulating or some aspect of our lives. But if we are not in balance and harmony with that task, that is when, you know, people avoid paying their bills and then they build up their credit card debt or, you know, maybe they overspend or they develop bad habits with their money. It's like a protection of like they want to resist feeling that feeling when they're dealing with money. And and I definitely resonate with that. So how do you in your world, witness and and coach people through that? Because the title of your book that you just wrote is Holistic Money Mindset. And I have a feeling that maybe that is the hot topic in that book. Oh, absolutely. Well, Holistic Money Mindset, Mental Preparation for Abundance is the first workbook of our Black Wealth Freedom series. And I often get asked, well, why is it called Holistic Money Mindset? And why is this the first of a three book series? It's simply because we have to start with our mindset. We have to start with understanding who we are and our self-awareness because we all know of someone directly or know of someone who is, we would say, rich or wealthy, and I'm using air quotes here, but is not happy with their life, is not feeling in abundance, is not operating in a spirit of abundance. So before we even get to the topic of the second book, Personal Finance Crash Course, What They Didn't Teach You in School, we have to first start with ourselves, start with healing. Um, One of the topics that I speak about in the book is money scarcity and how in my household, my ascribed status and my ascribed community, I had a mindset of scarcity that I didn't believe that I could and should go for more because I heard this phrase often from my elderly family members as a Black woman and a Black person that you have to work twice as hard to be half as recognized. So I internalized that and saw that my work is not valuable. So I saw myself and was operating in a space of overworking myself often, which translated into being overly masculine. And I was able to heal that scarcity mindset that I had, which allowed me to then actually achieve some success within my wealth building journey, like paying off my student loans in under two years on a teacher salary. And also, for example, buying my home at 25 years old. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't first unlock the scarcity uh, bounds that I had on myself. So when working with clients, um, and especially in our third book, The Money Moves Workbook, Achieving Your Wealth Goals in 12 Months or Less, we actually focus on having not only proactive reflective sessions as you go into the month, but also reflective sessions as the month ends. 
so you can work through those moments when you had those stressful moments when paying the bill. Still pay the bill, but take a moment to, you know, journal and and reflect and not just force yourself through that that moment of stress or that moment of anxiety. So not only do our workbooks really help uh, individuals reflect on their own, on their journey as a minority through their wealth journey, but also working one-on-one with our consultations and coaching clients, I really like to push there. I say, you know, I'm your coach for a reason. So I'm going to push you like you're in a gym. This is, you know, something that if you work the muscle of financial literacy, you'll be able to build a gym of wealth. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like everything you're saying is is something that we hear all the time. And it's so important to hear, but we often block it out because like I said before, we want to avoid, we're resisting that feeling. We ha- there's like an underlying fear there. And I totally relate to what you're saying about the scarcity mindset because I had a very similar circumstance. And over time, when you have those moments of reflection with your finances, it's really reflecting on who you are as a person. You're facing the reality of who you are, which might be manifested on a bank statement as, oh, you're buying that latte every day because you're totally stressed out about work, or you think that you're treating yourself, but it's not really serving your lifestyle because you're spending this money that you could be saving or for something else. And and so it's a lot about facing your flaws in a way too. And so your book series is very intriguing to me because it feels to me like a journey that people go on with you. And so much of what community building is, is bringing people together in a container, in a space where they can master something meaningful together that they can't do alone. And so I'm so excited that you have this community in your business and that you're doing this for people because I've worked with financial planners in the past in isolation. You know, they come to your house, they sit at your dining room table, and they tell you what to do. And there's nobody there to kind of walk you through those nuances and layers of experience around it. They just say, oh, here's the formula. You know, if you want to save X by this date, this is what you've got to put away. But there isn't that like emotional connection to the money. And, and I, that's what I feel like is so unique about you. And I, I appreciate so much. And I would love for you to expand a little bit more about some of the advocacy work that you do, because I think that entrepreneurs like yourself, people who are experts in an industry need to advocate more because this is where the storytelling makes the impact. You know, like obviously you have an incredible platform with your business and you are helping minorities to address that wealth and gender gap right? But it's so much deeper than that. And so let me know what is happening in your community that our listeners need to know about and how they can support and get involved in. Well, thank you for that question. What a lot of people don't realize about my entrepreneurship journey is that it started when I was a teacher in the classroom. I am based in Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I officially started my teaching journey as a high school biology teacher. (laughs) But I studied public health in high school, um, aside from sociology, and realized that wow, our health is actually affected by a lot of things outside of our doctor. And I realized while interning in Washington, D.C. with an adult education agency that hmm, our education not only affects our criminal justice system, because I was working with judges and court officials, but it also affects our health. And I had a change of heart. I wanted to really focus on 
um, impacting health through education and specifically with high school students, because I know the impact of my not only education, but high school education, my counselors who pushed me to go to college and apply, as well as my family pushing me for that. So in short, I um, the school that I was working with, we were a founding school, Kip Tulsa Public Charter Schools. And we only had a ninth and 10th grade at the time. As I grew with the school, our school also grew. And as we were approaching our first group of seniors, I wanted to make sure that they had financial education that was relevant to them, that was easy to understand. So I decided to make a change. I got certified as a certified financial education instructor. And although I'm not a, a CFP, a certified financial planner, I do partner with CFPs to make sure that their clients get the resources needed through our books. So that's a really great partnership that all started because of the classroom. I created the curriculum for our seniors. It was really great. We were able to graduate them at a 93% graduation rate, which is about 15% higher than the rest of the city in that area. So I'm just so grateful to have been an advocate in the classroom, saw the problem that was financial literacy, create a solution that was the curriculum, and decided, hey, why don't we provide this value on the marketplace as well? So what a lot of people don't know is my second book, Personal Finance Crash Course, it actually was based on the curriculum that I created for my seniors. So it's really like a, a truly is a crash course. It's what they didn't teach you in high school, what they didn't teach me in high school, what I wish I knew and what uh, a lot of individuals wish they knew. So now, although I'm not in the classroom anymore because of my responsibilities as an entrepreneur, I'm so excited to still serve with the school as director of development, leading all things events, fundraising, and still actually on the money side, but now making sure that our students, our fifth through 12th grade, amazing scholars have the funds needed to have quality education, quality experiences, and live a choice-filled life. Yeah, that is incredible. When you make the choice, because I do believe it is a choice to extend yourself into community, because it's so easy for us to get siloed in our lives, to get focused on us, you know, in our little bubbles, and to forget or to exclude the world around us. I think it's like a protectionist view of that. Oh, I just got to take care of me. I, I have to survive. You know, I have my family. But to take your lived experience and to transform it into a lesson that you are now sharing in community, that you are sharing with youth, like that impact is rippling so far beyond you. That is incredible. And, mm -hmm. and that is the personification of community for me, because as I've said before on the podcast, community for me is a verb, it's action, you know, and, and so your, what you're doing is action. And more people need to be doing that. So thank you so much. And as we wrap up today, I would love for you to share how listeners can get your book and how they can work with you and find you and all the good stuff. Well, thank you so much for asking. If you would like to get not only our books, but our resources on our website, you can visit www.rtbinvestments.org. That's RTB as in raise the bar, investments.org. And if you want to support the best kids in Black Wall Street that I get the opportunity and pleasure to support, you can visit KIPP, that's K-I-P-P-O-K.org, where you can learn more about our scholars and directly donate. Fantastic. So I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes for everyone to follow along with once the episode goes live. And thank you so much for being here today. And one last tip, if you had a takeaway for listeners today, 
Mm, if I could give one actionable item right now. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'll say one for my type A folks and one for my type B folks. That's, <laughs> that's all right. Yes, of course. <laughs> so for my type A folks, one immediate action you can do right now is create a note in your phone, whether you're on iPhone, iCloud, whatever, or Android. You can create a note and list out all of your accounts, your bank accounts, any spaces where you have money flow. Title this note money flow. Because the first portion um, after really understanding your values is to understand your organization. So organize your money flow, just list out all of your accounts, whether it's places that you have a banking, a checking, a savings account, a credit account, a loan account, um, anything of that nature, All right. So type A folks, just make a list of your money flow. Type B folks, I really want you to start with the reflections, all right? I don't want you to get overwhelmed with the organization, with finding everything, relax sitting yourselves and just start to reflect, how did I first engage with money? What thoughts did I have around it? And then take the next steps to actually explore that with a therapist, money coach, money educator like myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I feel like I am definitely the type B person because like I said earlier in the show, the somatics of money have such a deep impact on me. And uh, I so appreciate you sharing those two tips for two very unique individuals. And for all the listeners, don't be shy. Reach out to Raquel and let her know what you need. And tune in next week for another amazing community building story. <laughs>